Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. One of the reasons that social media works the way it does, keeps us coming back again and again and again, although we all decry its addictive nature, is that it stokes anxiety. That's just another word for fear, isn't it? So apart from social media, why does the world live in perpetual fear? What is the ultimate fear that grips mankind, especially unbelieving mankind? And how is faith the opposite of that fear. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to discuss Christian courage, Pastor Larry Peters. He's pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in Clarksville, Tennessee, and author of a recent column titled A Fearless Church. Larry, welcome back. Good to talk to you, Todd. Unlike the church, why will the world always be ruled by fear? Well, fear is one of the outward symptoms that uh, sin brought into the world. It's along with everything else, death that is passed to all people. Sin is part of the nature of our hearts since the fall. It comes from the uncertainty, basically, that flows out of not knowing where we came from, who we are, where we're going, and it will manifest itself in a variety of ways in the larger world, but also in the individual hearts and minds of, of people. Talk about that state of fear that the world lives in. You say we're afraid to answer our emails or pick up our phones. What do you mean? Well, I think we live in a pandemic of fear that certainly is more apparent now than it has ever been. Sometimes it has been masked by other things that have enabled us to avoid dealing or confronting with uh, the shape of, of this fear. But we we live in a world that, I mean, I as a pastor, let me put it this way, as a pastor, people tell me all the time that they are fearful, they are anxious, they are worried. Now, some of it comes from the news, the pandemic of news uh, that is a drumbeat of negative things. Certainly, that is a real part of this fear. We hear about war and violence. We hear concerns about our safety and security everywhere we go. We hear of division and conflict in our political life as well as in our culture and society as as a nation. But most of all, we hear about uncertainty. Everything is uncertain, and it has created within us a panic, if you will, that Christians are not immune from. Sometimes we are caught up in the same wave of uncertainty, the same uh, challenge uh, that that the world faces day by day, even though certainly we have an answer, we have, a, we have a reason to calm our fears. It's certainly no secret that the most common phrase in Scripture seems like the most common phrase that Jesus ever utters is, don't be afraid, do not fear. He says that not because that's his point, he says it because that's the world that he encounters, and that world has not changed even to the present day. What is the source 
of that fear in the world? Well, part of it is a guilty conscience. Whether you admit to having a guilty conscience or not, guilt has its own poison in our hearts and minds. It it affects how we see the world around us, but it also affects how we see ourselves. The second part is death. Even though we live in a world which supposedly has made friends with death, has figured out a way to uh, accept death on our terms if we can uh, make it uh, wait until we've accomplished our bucket lists and had all the experiences that we choose to have, or if we can delay it until it comes when we've decided that life is no longer worth living, death is still a profound and powerful reality. And with death comes the source of a great deal of our fears. What will happen to us when we die? That's certainly one important question. But the other question is, is who will remember us when we're gone? What, what significance has our life had in this world? What is it that will uh, survive us in the minds and hearts of people? The old story is you go into the cemetery and it's, the tombstone says, gone but not forgotten. Well, you can see there that the person is gone by the date on the tombstone, but you can also see by the fact that the tombstone is weathered and cracked and broken, tilted, whatever, that person is also forgotten. And death is that great equalizer that the rich, the famous, the poor, and the anonymous all face. We've done a pretty good job of trying to mask that death in our culture, in our world today, but underneath the mask is the reality. And we have to face up to it one way or another. The New Testament describes that fear of death as the means by which Satan rules people's hearts and minds. Talk about that. The easiest way that Satan helps us confront death is to keep our focus only on the present, to live in a world of the moment, a world filled with the moment. And in that world, Filled with the moment, morality is a secondary concern, if it is any concern whatsoever. Pleasure, amusement, safety, security, fulfillment, all of these things fill that moment. And in doing so, the the devil's done a pretty good job of turning us into fragile creatures, afraid of our own shadow on one hand, and also equally afraid of God. Whereas the comfort of the gospel that that pervades everything that we know of who God is, is that there is an answer to that fear. There is an answer to fear because there's an answer to death. What I like to say to people is we know the outcome of our story. That's what Christians have in the world. Now, the death tries to mute that voice. The death tries to distract us from the outcome that God has prepared for those who love him. But the other side of the coin is that we are not immune from fear because we're great powerful people, we're immune from fear because we have a God of mercy, we have a God of love, we have a God who has manifested to us the outcome of our lives before we can ever see it with our eyes. And that's part of what sometimes I think is is so profoundly missing in what happens in churches as well as in the witness of the church to the world. What do you mean by that? We have a kind of a hunker-down mentality that basically says, you know, we're already defeated, we're already going to lose, we, we don't have the wherewithal to uh, answer the challenges of the world, so we just kind of shut the doors behind us and cower in the darkness. You know, certainly when Jesus talks about us being light set up on a hill, he's not talking about the perfection of our moral behavior, he's talking about the, the message that we bring. You know, we, we 
we are not a fearful church. We are a church that confronts the world with the same message that, that Jesus does, and that reminds Christians of that message, do not be afraid, and why we are not afraid. The message of the cross and the empty tomb have a context from which they come, and that is a world in which sin, death, guilt, shame, fear, uncertainty uh, conspire to rob us of, of our peace, of our joy, and most of all, of our, of our confidence. And the, uh, the answer that Christ gives to us there is, is, is one that is, is not just a pie in the sky when you die. In John chapter 5, Jesus says, you have already passed from death to life. We carry in our body Certainly, the old Adam, still struggling against the, the current of Christ's water of life, but he's a good swimmer. And yet we also carry in our bodies the, the seeds of everlasting life. The promise has been made resident in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Scripture teaches that the opposite of fear is not first and foremost courage, but faith. Talk about that. The answer to fear is not pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps or surveying the landscape. The answer to fear is, is, the, is the fruit of Christ's good news living in us, resident in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe, and that belief has consequences, not only for how we live, how we walk, what the, the shape of, of the lives that we're supposed to be leading as children of God, but it also has consequences for us in the sense that we are not swept up in the, uh, in the sea of fear and panic that the world has, has seemed to surrender to. Faith means we know the story, and we know where we are in that story. And sometimes I think, you know, the, the casual nature of worship is an offense, not so much uh, simply because it offends God with, you know, us playing games with worship— but because it seems to talk about the things of God as a distraction rather than an answer. You know, faith leads us into the presence of God every Sunday through word and sacrament. And the God we meet there is the God who is all-powerful, but who has chosen to show his power chiefly in showing mercy. Mercy is not a weak thing at all. It is the most powerful thing that God has to show. We don't confess our sins because we think God might look upon us favorably or kindly. We confess them because he has promised to have mercy. We don't cling to him because maybe there is an answer to death at the end of this mortal life. Uh, we cling to him because we are already alive in Christ. And, uh, you know, All Saints Day, just recently celebrated, we have to say sometimes the obvious. The dead in Christ are not dead they live in Christ. They wait with us for the consummation of all things that God has prepared for the day that uh, is appointed by the Father, but they are not dead. They live. Ours is not a God of the dead, but a God of the living. And sometimes we come, you know, with, uh, with the uh, same ignorance that St. Paul warns us about with respect to death as we do with our place in the world, that somehow or another we have a, a fragile hope as opposed to a profound hope. And our faith is certainly manifested in the most uh, profound hope that the world has ever come to grips with, and that is the one who, um, whose death has the power to undo death, and the one whose rising has the power to sweep us up into his life forever. 
Pastor Larry Peters is our guest. We're discussing Christian courage. Well, from hope to courage right after the break. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our study of the book of beginnings, Genesis, with Enosh to Enoch, Methuselah to Noah, corruption increasing, God speaks to Noah, and God's covenant with Noah foretold. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. How can conspiracy theories become a form of idolatry? I've written a column for the latest Issues Etc. journal titled, Yes, Elvis is Dead, But God is in His Heaven, a pastoral response to conspiracy theories. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red journal subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Julie Stegemeyer writes about her path from Methodism to Lutheranism. The free online Issues Etc. journal, issuesetc.org. Located an hour west of Chicago, Sycamore is home to St. John Lutheran Church, a confessional liturgical congregation faithfully delivering our Lord's gracious gifts. As repentant sinners clothed in the righteousness of Christ, we worship, study, pray, eat, and fellowship together. Join us on Sundays at 9 a.m. for the Divine Service. To learn more, visit us on the web at stjohnsycamore.org. At Memoria Press, the Simply Classical curriculum is specifically designed for students with significant learning challenges. This complete program includes everything you need for a school, self-contained classroom, tutoring, or homeschool to make a classical Christian education accessible for any child. To learn more, visit us at simplyclassical.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Simply Classical, a beautiful education for any child. Providing artillery support for the church militant on the front lines, you're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Beautiful Savior Lutheran, Milton, Washington. Emmaus Lutheran, Redmond, Oregon. Grace Lutheran, McPherson, Kansas. Emmanuel Lutheran, Iowa Falls, Iowa. Mount Calvary Lutheran, Brady, Texas. Peace Lutheran, Chehalis, Washington. Redemption Lutheran, Battle Creek, Michigan, St. John Lutheran, Springfield, Pennsylvania, St. Paul Lutheran, Sevierville, Tennessee, and Trinity Lutheran, Tryon, North Carolina. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, We'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. Journal. Pastor Larry Peters is our guest. We're discussing Christian courage. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Larry, before the break, you were talking about that invincible hope that Christians have in Christ, what's the relationship between that hope, the faith, and confidence, and Christian courage? 
Well, Christian courage is basically, you know, it is learned. We learn this courage. You think, for example, how it works when uh, a child cries out in the night and uh, mom or dad comes into the room and calms the child. And oftentimes it's you try and, and do rational things. You look under the bed for the monster in the dark or whatever along the way. But the thing that is the most profound for the child is the presence of mom or dad in the room with them. The church is God's fatherly presence in the world, speaking hope and comfort and consolation, first to the household of God, but also to those not yet of the kingdom. Our courage comes from the fact that we have a God who is present, not a distant God, but a God who is with us, and not with us in our imagination, not with us in our emotions, but with us in the concrete of the word that is yesterday, today, and forever the same, and in the sacraments that abide until they are brought to their own perfect consummation in the heavenly day. All of these things are the things that feed and nourish us as courage, again, because we know the outcome of the story. We know that we shall not die, but live. That's who we are. Beloved, we are God's children now. We don't know what the future is going to hold. The Bible is not a crystal ball to describe every minute of every day. But just like those who came to Jesus and asked about the last day, Jesus says, well, it's not urgent. The Father knows. That's good enough for us. That's the source of our courage. The Father knows. And the Son has manifested to us what we need to know. And the Holy Spirit is working every day that this may live in our hearts and our minds and be expressed in our words and our deeds. Why do we need why does the world ultimately also need a fearless church? Well, the world needs to know that what the church offers them is something real. Real enough to have manifested itself in the hearts and minds of God's people so that they are not cowering before the uncertain, but living in the confident hope of a people who know what God has done and who therefore have confidence in what God is doing. Fear is when we don't know where things are going. And the Church is the one voice, indeed the exclusive voice, in the world that says, we do know where things are going. At the end of the year, the Church year, you know how the readings always come up to the theme of of judgment and accountability? We know where the world is going. Well, with that judgment and accountability also comes promise, mercy, and grace. What we have hoped for, we realize. What we are longing for is to enter into the joy of our Master. We are waiting for the bridegroom. We are waiting for the well-done, good and faithful servant. We're not waiting for some uncertain outcome. But the Church, I think, has sometimes manifested its own fears before the world, Sometimes I think we're more afraid of losing our tax exemption or, you know, our property than we are of anything else. We will do anything to hold on to these tangible things when what we have to confess before the world, what we have to proclaim to the world, is that which uh, is not simply of this life or this day or this moment. It is the eternal gospel we heard on Reformation Sunday, the eternal gospel that creates an eternal people. And that means we need to have compelling preaching, compelling teaching, and compelling liturgy that manifests this confidence, this assurance 
that the hope in us is not a what if, but it is a because. Where do you see the fearless church nowadays? Well, you see it in a lot of ways. First of all, we're not afraid to be different. You know, we're not afraid to be who we are. And that means being something different than what the world has decided a church ought to be or, or what judgments ought to be about what is good or right or true or, or so on. We're not afraid to be different. We are not here to be a faint echo of the world around us. We are here to manifest the eternal kingdom in this present moment. And that's the first thing I would say, is that we're not afraid to be different. You know, I say to people when they're new to our church, I said, it is going to look strange. It is going to feel different. It is not going to be like what you think it's going to be. That's okay. This idea that somehow or another, the stranger who walks in off the street must understand and and apprehend and comprehend everything that we do on Sunday morning is an odd notion, really. This is an unusual thing to be the Church of Jesus Christ in the world, but not of the world. So we need to cultivate that. I think the second thing is, is we need to stop apologizing. We need to stop being embarrassed by or fear what people might think if. And this goes to such things as everything from closed communion to membership instruction to a host of practical things where we're almost apologetic to people that this is something uh, unusual or different or something that expects something from folks. The last thing I think is that we sort of assume that the judgment of the world is the judgment we need to be concerned about. And so we've given in to the God of numbers, statistics. We judge everything by whether the dollars and the people are on the upward move or whether they are on the decline. We judge everything on the basis of earthly measures of success. And we don't necessarily embrace with confidence the fact that if we are faithful, whatever the outcome here on earth, that's, that's all we need to be concerned about. Sometimes it will be that the church, in her faithfulness, will decline. Those are certainly the stories of Israel and Judah along the way, that faithfulness does not necessarily manifest itself in the marks of earthly success. And as a church, I think we need to face up to that. Certainly coming out of the pandemic, the way we dealt with COVID, our our fear of, of an uncertainty about what we needed to do, what we shouldn't do, who we needed to listen to, it sort of manifested the fact that we were at least as concerned with how the world and the government and its regulations saw us as we were with how God sees us and what he expects from us. That's certainly one of the lessons we learned that was not a a helpful one along the way. And now that things have, have sort of manifested themselves in a pace of change and changes that are bringing us very quickly to places we never thought we were going to go, the Church needs to be that strong and steady voice that speaks of the eternal in a world that is preoccupied with change. Pastor Larry Peters is our guest. We're discussing Christian courage. He has some examples of that courage from Christians in Africa, Finland, and Siberia. That's next.
Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the Support Donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Two millennia ago, Pilate uttered one of the most profound questions that we still ask in the modern era. What is truth? Many today would say that truth, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder, or perhaps in the heart. But that's not what truth is for the Christian people of God. Truth is found in Christ alone. To learn more about the Lutheran view of truth, pick up the November issue of The Lutheran Witness. Visit cph.org witness or our website witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Declaring to you the whole counsel of God, you're listening to Issues Etc. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. The saints at Pilgrim Lutheran Church in Kilgore, Texas are strangers and exiles on earth seeking a homeland in heaven. If you are in East Texas, visit in person. Otherwise, visit online at www.pilgrimlc.org. I shall follow where you Lutheran Talk. The cause of our salvation doesn't lie within us, but instead it lies outside of us, namely in the mercy of our God who sends his Son to live and die and rise again for us. Lutheran Music Listen anytime, anywhere with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org. Issues, etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about Christian courage with Pastor Larry Peters, pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in Clarksville, Tennessee, and author of a recent column titled A Fearless Church. Thanks to Pastor Matthew Nix and Christ Lutheran Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for recently renewing their congregational sponsorship of Issues, etc. When your confessional Lutheran Church pledges $1,000 to Issues, etc., we'll promote your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues, etc. journal. You'll find a one-page informational flyer on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor in 2024. 
By way of example, Larry, you talk about Christians in Africa, Finland, Siberia. What are you seeing there of Christian courage? Well, in Finland, you see someone who is willing to stand up as a member of government, a member of a society, and adhere to and proclaim without embarrassment, without shame, without adjusting the clear Word of God, even when it means being brought into trial. In Africa, this gospel comes into cultures that are filled with not just, you know, pagan things, but things that are contrary to God's will and desire. And there in Africa, you see a church willing to call out people and to be different, to be uh, the people God has called them to be. I think of the church, Lutheran Church in Siberia is a great example. They have meager resources and, and a meager presence, and there is this this joyful vitality that seems to permeate everything they do. Whereas when we sit in America and we sit around the room as pastors or as Christian people, sometimes all we talk about are the things that are not going well, the things that are going wrong, and our feeling that we don't have much power to address them. There is clearly something we can learn from the missions that have taken seriously the work of God's kingdom, the call of the gospel, in ways that maybe uh, we in, in, the, in the West have not. You mentioned the liturgy as part of an expression of that Christian courage. When congregations compromise on the liturgy, when, when Sunday morning they make an overt effort to look and sound like the world, what do they lose? Well, the first thing they lose is their own identity. They become that faint echo of the world outside themselves, instead of the voice that transcends our, our world, our present, our, our moment, with the voice of the eternal. In other words, we say to the world around us, we're just like you. We're, we're caught up in the moment. When we judge our music on the basis of whether it fits the playlist that we have on our phones, when we judge our buildings by you know whether they look like the places where we shop, when we judge what we hear from the pulpit on the basis of whether it's going to help us feel better about things, we end up being a, a weak church. We also end up being a church without much of anything to offer people, even those who come on Sunday morning. It becomes a church filled with empty gestures. Let me tell you a story. I genuflect during the words of institution and at the creed. And we had a, a little boy, an acolyte, who was sort of new to the business, and he's paying attention to everything that was going on. Sitting in the, just off the chancel right there, he sees things so differently than he did probably in the pews. And at one point in time, he comes up to me and he whispers near the end of the liturgy, he said, he said why, did you, why did you go down on your knees? And I said, well, we do it in the creed because it is the incarnate Christ. When Christ comes into our midst, if our, we believe that Christ is in our midst, wouldn't we go down on our knees before him? And the same way within the, uh, the words of institution. So then he says, it's just amazing what comes out of the mouth of a child. He says, well, if you're doing it, shouldn't we all be doing it? And he made this marvelous connection between ritual, ceremony, the church usages that we talk about, and how they confess what it is that we believe. And, you know, his point is, is well taken. Shouldn't we all be doing this? Well, you know, when we try and turn the liturgy into sort of a bland thing that 
asks very little of the people in the pews and offers them mostly stuff that is more practical in the moment. We deprive them of the very thing that the liturgy offers. You know, on Sunday morning, what we have is the foretaste of the eternal, the glimpse into that eternal that God has intentionally provided with the word that still accomplishes what it says and with the sacraments that bestow what they sign. As soon as we begin to draw that down and minimize that, most of the time what happens is we add words where gestures, ritual, symbols have a much better economy and how they present this. But the other thing is, is that we end up making it sort of common and ordinary when it is anything but. Finally, with a minute, how would you encourage our listeners to that confidence, that hope, that faith that produces Christian courage? Well, the first thing I would say to people is what I've said to the people here who are dealing with fearfulness and anxiety is stop listening. Stop listening to the drumbeat of fear and panic that is all around us in the world. Stop listening to what's on the news and what's on social media. And start listening. Start paying more attention than you've ever paid to the Word of the Lord that endures forever. You know, whether we're talking about daily devotions, whether we're talking about the hymns that sing back to God what He has said to us, or whether we're talking about our life together in, in worship, pay attention to that. Give it at least as much as attention as what we give to the world around us. The second thing I would say is, as you give that attention, listen. Listen to what we're saying. I get goosebumps sometimes every Sunday when we get to the end of the creed, when we talk about one holy Catholic and apostolic church, when we talk about the communion of saints, the resurrection of the dead. I mean, all of these things, this is who we are. It's really an amazing thing. On Sunday morning, when the pastor stands up and says, I, by virtue of my office, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Look at that for what it is. It is God speaking through the mouth of his shepherd placed among that flock in order to do exactly that, to forgive the sins of his people, so that they are as far from them as the east is from the west. And though they be as scarlet, they have become white as snow. The other part of it is is to stop trying to make personal things and rejoice in the fact that they are not personal in the sense that they are tailored to me but this is the concrete, this is the eternal, this is the thing that is larger than I am. So when Christ comes to us in his Holy Supper, you know, it's not a me and Jesus moment at all. It is me, part of the communion of saints on this side of the glory, joined with those on the nearer shore, led by the angels and archangels in the glorious and eternal hymn of praise. We make these things ordinary sometimes by forgetting to listen to what we are saying and what we are speaking and singing, as well as failing to listen to what God is saying to us. Pastor Larry Peters is pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in Clarksville, Tennessee. He's author of a recent column titled A Fearless Church. You can read it on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Larry, thank you. Thank you, Todd. Have a great day and continue your good work.
Thursday on Issues Etc. We'll visit with Dr. Alfonso Espinosa, author of our book of the month, Faith That Shines in the Culture. And we'll look forward to Sunday morning, according to the three-year lectionary, talking with Pastor Sean Denzer about the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew chapter 25. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways. In a world awash with all sorts of information, opinions, and ideas, there is still a place where God's Word is the central and only focus. Messiah Lutheran Church, 801 North Madison, Lebanon, Illinois. At 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, God's people gather there to listen to Him. There you will find His words of law and gospel, and of course, our Lord's Holy Supper. Bible classes focus on the Bible and the Lutheran confessions. Come, listen, believe, and live, and check out our website at messiahlebanon.org. The blood of Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Listen to chapel services live weekday mornings from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Morning Chapel from Kramer Chapel. Live weekday mornings at 9 Central, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain, and 7 Pacific at issuesetc.org. Even when we are faithless, He remains faithful.